When our ancestors first thought up of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, they named them after famine, death, pestilence, which is like diseases and stuff, and war. Of these four names, war is the only one that is not natural. A lack of food and deadly viruses happen to all species on Earth, but war is something only from mankind. Yet its destructive force is so great that it is put up there with death itself. Humanity has fought many, many wars over the course of its existence, whether it be big or small, lasting a year or a century. We have shed blood for territory, vengeance, and power. Either way, many people have died from war, and only more so as technology creates more dangerous weapons than before. But through it all, there is one war from history so devastating, it, it may be hard to talk about. A war where the foe was so merciless and deadly that they were considered inhuman. I am, of course, talking about the most horrific war in history, when we, as humanity, banded together to fight the emus in the Great Emu War of 1932. Yes, really. Hi, I'm Nicholas Fowler, and welcome to Historical Hijinks! So, you know those movies where humanity goes to war with, like, aliens or mutants or robots or something? Think, like, The Terminator or Pacific Rim. In those kinds of movies, humanity usually wins. But to that, I say, HA! We couldn't even take down emus. You think we could take down an alien armada? Yeah, it, li likely story. Eat your heart out, Independence Day. We don't rule this planet. The emus do. They just let us live in it. Because they won the war. The emu war. The war where humanity fought emus. With guns. Machine guns. And lost. Okay, okay, so how about some context? Um, First of all, what even is an emu? Well, emus are basically the Australian version of an ostrich. It's a six-foot-tall, flightless brown bird that can outrun Usain Bolt and has six-inch claws that make it look like Edward Scissorhand died and reincarnated as a bird. It's also the national bird of Australia, which may seem weird that they went to war with their own national bird icon. I mean, you don't see the U.S. using drone strikes on eagle nests. But hey, Scotland's national animal is the unicorn, and we massacred those things into extinction in the Unicorn Wars of 458. Either way, all you need to know is that the emu is from Australia. So it's deadly in some way. Seriously, half the animals there have fed them! But our story starts with a different war. World War I, also known as the Great War. Also, also known as the War to End All Wars. But then, you know, we had another war. With the world. So, we just got World War I. Anyway, long story short... Serbia wanted independence from Austria-Hungary, so someone shot the Archduke of Austria-Hungary, which made Austria-Hungary really mad, and so they invaded Serbia. So then Russia stepped in to aid Serbia, which triggered a treaty Germany had with Austria-Hungary to declare war on Russia if Russia ever declared war on either of them, but Russia had a secret alliance with France. 
So France joins the war in Germany, decides to invade France through neutral Belgium, which angers Great Britain, so then they join the war and by extension their colonies, including Australia, who promised to give farmland to the men who joined the army and fought in the war. <gasps> oh, gosh. Anyway, that's how Australia got new farmers in the 1920s. But, uh, there was a problem. See, they had a lot of men fighting. And so they gave a lot of land away. Land that was intruding on the habitats of emus. Who would see the pitiful offenses the humans made to protect their farms? They would then demolish those fences and eat all the crops. Now, most people think of a farm pest as rats, golfers, rabbits. They're annoying, but can be manageable. You can catch them or chase them away. Now imagine if your farm pest was an 80-pound bird dashing right towards you 30 miles an hour with 6-inch claws. Yeah, you, could, you can see how that's kind of a problem. Even worse was that the holes they left in the fence allowed rabbits to, to come in and eat anything remaining on the farm after the emus ransacked it. This caused the Australian farmers to lose millions of pounds of worth of crops. That, that not, not like weight-wise, the emus did not eat millions of pounds of, of crops, but they ate crops that were worth millions of pounds. Which, I mean, I guess might be millions of pounds. The emus ate millions of pounds of crops that were worth millions of pounds. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, this is really bad, and the current financial situation wasn't helping. You see, America was going through an era of financial discourse due to the stock market crashing, and this caused uh, a financial depression that historians call the Big Sad. And so America stopped buying foreign goods, including Australian crops. So how do you take care of 20,000 emus destroying your farm? Well, you could go to the Minister of Agriculture, or some other government authority that deals with wildlife or something, Minister of Emus, but these farmers were shy and did not want to have to, you know, meet new people and talk to them and stuff. No, 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 that's, a, that's, that's awkward. But luckily, they were, they knew the Minister of Defense, you know, because due to the fact that they, that most of the new farmers, you know, they, they served in the military during World War One, And so in 1932, the Minister of Defense sent Major G.P.W. Meredith and two other soldiers out to fight the Bird Menace. Armed with two machine guns and 10,000 rounds of ammunition, they were prepared to fight the emus. And on their first battle with the emus, they spotted some, about 50 in a field. They crept up and open-fired. But the emus scattered and ran away. You know, because machine guns are really loud, going da 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 they were, they did kill, quote unquote, a number of them. I mean, we don't know how many that number is. All the sources say they killed a number. What's amazing is that the emus were actually able to take multiple hits and still ran away quickly. Why? Because they're built like tanks. See, I told you nature in Australia is extreme. The next battle, they managed to sneak up on a horde of a thousand emus and prepared to open fire. With the element of surprise on their side and with how close they were, this was sure to be an easy and massive victory for humanity. But the emus had a strategy to fight back. You see, the humans had fallen into a trap. Because, after only 12 emus had been killed, 
the emus banded together and used their collective psychic power to jam the guns, allowing the other emus to safely retreat. Why didn't... Why didn't... Did you know emus had that ability? Anyway, the men decided to have try their luck out down south, where the emus were reportedly more tame. But the emus had actually become more prepared for war than ever. Because they started to, you know, get wise to what humans were doing. And they started to form groups, each one led by a strong and large emu, like a general leading his troops. They had scouts on lookout while raiding farms, and they even had sophisticated ways of retreating in groups now, like tactics. So, GPW Meredith came up with a way to still be able to shoot the emus with a stationary machine gun, even as the emus retreated, by sticking a machine gun on top of a truck. This meant that in one moment not only did he have one of the dumbest ideas ever, but he also single-handedly invented the on-rail shooter genre. But firing a machine gun you can't aim on a moving truck on a bumpy path with no road means that bullets were just flying everywhere. And even if you could hit a target, it wouldn't matter because the emus were still able to outrun the truck. After three battles with only 50 emus killed, the Australian government called the whole thing off leaving the victory of the war to the emus. But that was just round one, because the emus were still destroying the crops, and the operation was back on. With, but with more success this time, in the following weeks, the men had more luck dealing with the emus, killing around a thousand emus. But they used nearly 10,000 rounds to do this, meaning that they used 10 bullets per emu killed. And even then, after they got a thousand... They declared mission accomplished, even though there were still uh, 19,000 more emus destroying the farms. So, it really isn't clear who won the second round. But round one still, without a doubt, goes to the emus. And this war stands as a testament of our battle with our most fearsome foe. And if you think that we lost to an emus that time would be bad, could you just imagine if the emus had teamed up with Voitek the bear? I mean, remember him from my first episode? He was a bear in the Finnish military, who technically got the rank of corporal. Could you imagine him leading the emus? And they had Cyber Kitty as their spy. Ugh, man. Throwing those chickens that the British trained to guide nuclear missiles, and we would not stand a chance. Planet of the Apes, more like Planet of the Emus. Make it happen, Hollywood. Anyway, that's, uh, that's about all the time I have for this week. I'm still working hard on getting uh, William Moore back home. Luckily, he, uh, he has discovered Netflix and uh, has not left the couch for three days. So, you know, he doesn't cause much trouble anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, if you like the show and, uh, you know, you'll, you want to give a suggestion or say hi, you can, you can reach me at, uh, hi, uh, on Twitter with uh, Hist Hijinks or uh, reach me with email with um, historicalhijinkspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, beware of the emus. Uh, thank you, and um, yeah, bye.